0: afternoon good afternoon good afternoon I'm Dr. James Smith Jr. and welcome to another edition of the Dr. James show if you want a virtual shot you came to the right place because you're going to get it today let's bring in my big 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 co-pilot Shannon Pat Shannon how you doing today
1: Good, easy with the big. I hope we're talking about personality.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, <love> my voice.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. Thank, good to see you. Good to see you.
1: Good to see you. Now, happy Groundhog's Day, Dr. James. And listen, we are starting off the month of February so strong. Today is not going to feel like Groundhog's Day, although two of our guests have been here before. We're going narrow and deep about all things virtual. We have a new person who's never been here before, but you know what? All four of you, including you, Dr. James, are subject matter experts in presentation skills, We're pivoting to the virtual world. Ladies and gentlemen, those listening, those watching today, make sure you take advantage of this opportunity for subject matter experts that are gonna help you in your Zoom world, world, your virtual world, taking it to the next level, light up this chat room, ask us about what you're fearful of, what what can you help overcome? What are these experts doing to, to help them be successful in this new platform? So Dr. James, I'm super excited. Again, Groundhog's Day, but it's not gonna feel like any old Dr. James show or any old virtual platform show that's going on (laughs) right now. I feel really excited, so please don't be shy.
0: Done, done, thank you, thank you. Uh, For many of us last year, let me repeat, for many of us educators, speakers, consultants, trainers, last year was different, caught us off guard. If you were a presenter like me, you did all your presentations in person, live, physically there, and then it wasn't there anymore. For some, they were already in the virtual space, so they made a few tweaks, but right now, it's just about all virtual, and we have three experts who are going to share what they're doing, what they've been through to get to where they are, and they all have their own level of expertise in this platform. We have for you three special guests. I'm gonna ask them to come on out right now. We have Teresa Hummel-Crowlinger, we have Toy Sweeney, and we have Summer Owens. Hey, ladies, how are you? Hello. All right, all right, good to see you. Toy, be afraid of mediocrity, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's summer, summer, summertime, and Teresa joining us from Naples, Florida. Let me share a little bit about each one of you, and then I'll dive into the interview. Teresa is a corporate trainer, organizational development consultant, professional stand-up comedian. Yes, she has jokes. I've seen her in action, both virtually and in person. And she's the founder and CEO of Hi-Fi Performance. Toy Sweeney. Ah, the brand whisperer. She is an author, speaker, CEO, and founder of the well-dressed brand. Glad to have you and Summer Owens. Summer, rather than me reading what's down on my script, let's go to a video clip where we see Summer Owens in action. Let's take a look.
2: How would you feel if when you shared your worst news with your best friend, the first thing they said was, so what? I'm Summer Owens. I'm a speaker, author, so a success coach. So what is a very powerful statement that I want to encourage everybody to say no matter what challenges you might face in your life. In the midst of any challenge, the first thing I say is, so what? And so what doesn't mean that you don't care. It's about being resilient. The key indicator of success in life is resilience. It's not how smart you are. It's not how many people you know. It's how resilient you are, how you can deal with the challenges that come in your life and how you can overcome them, how you can learn from them. When I was a younger girl, I didn't like how I looked, but I had low self-esteem. I felt really bad about myself. People counted me out. People looked down on me. I was a teen mom, but I was still a leader. I graduated from high school, number eight in my class, and I got a full scholarship to college. I still live my life. I learned how to balance all of those things. That was one of my so what. I found success. And i get to do this i get to talk to you about the power of saying so what
0: all right all right that was a great intro summer when the pandemic hit when we had to stay in did you say so what then
2: that was the first thing i said i have dealt with much worse in my life um so it was easy for me to say, so what? No, it wasn't easy to deal with. An experience has not been easy for anyone, but that was a lesson that I learned very early in my life is when the trauma happens, when the tragedy happens, the quicker you're able to say, so what, then your mind immediately goes to the solution, the so now what. And figuring out, okay, this is the situation. It is what it is. How do I move forward from here? What lessons am I supposed to get out of this? And how am I supposed to deal with this current challenge? Not the, woe is me and this is so bad. And that gets us nowhere. I immediately went into, all right, how do I move forward? How do I pivot? That's the word. How do I pivot? And so, yeah, absolutely. So what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this question is for all of you. Um, Summer said you pivoted. I know for me, major pivot. Toy, you always had done virtual training. Teresa, you had previously done virtual training. And Summer, I'm not sure how big your pivot was to the virtual platform, but can you talk a little bit about what you did to stay steady or to regain your footing from a virtual perspective? Who wants to go first? All right, Toy, I see that big smile. I was like, where is
1: it going?
3: No, I was very, you know, in complete transparency, as you mentioned, I was very fortunate because, you know, I I, I got to spend 16 years working at the largest um, home shopping network in the world. And so, me going live doing virtual that it wasn't a question as you mentioned and so the question for me during the pandemic was because i was already doing virtual i was still doing live i had to go deeper and decide really really sink into my personal brand and what that was going to mean from a virtual perspective and so i started changing the conversation around zoom call and how does you know, what you're wearing on a zoom call you know lighting for your zoom call what does your virtual um office look like mm-hmm. what does you know then i you know the guest on my television show um the well-dressed brand tv show what was centered around mental health like how are we doing in our communities what are you doing as an ally to understand all the race things that were going on and so that was really kind of the conversation um, that I took on around pivoting and then also sharpening my tools hiring this exceptional speaking coach to help me be the best that I can be and to continue to be a well-dressed brand
0: that's awesome that's awesome, Teresa what how about you how about I- next year last year when things changed
4: yeah, yeah it I was really, Jim, I was super lucky because I, I had already gotten very comfortable with Zoom. But like you, I, I like to be with the people, man. I, I want to feel the energy. Um, I want to touch them, not in like a weird way, but I want to give like hugs and stuff. And, and you, you can't do that on Zoom. So for me, it was a matter of how can I continue to do the good work that I do and make it engaging and fun and, and energizing, but in a, a virtual platform. And, uh, and and made the shift. I mean, we're we're not doing full day classes anymore. Jim, are you doing full day classes anymore?
0: Not the full eight hours. The breaks are longer. The uh, actually we have more breaks in there a little longer because we want people to be, feel like they're getting started again, rather than Zoom fatigue or being fatigued right. from whatever session you're doing. Yeah. Well, I, I
2: was so, gonna say uh, one thing. I I did feel blessed. And no, I wasn't doing like like Toy and Teresa had mentioned, but I was blessed because I was familiar with Zoom. Just because I am a member of the National Speakers Association, my colleagues are all over the world. So I had been, or at least all over the country, I had already been meeting uh, virtually via Zoom. So I was comfortable with Zoom. And I was really glad when that pivot was a lot easier than for a lot of people who had not been doing anything at all virtually. So I did um, I did have that advantage. And then I just had to up my skills.
0: Well, um, Zoom for me was <laughs> an experience. I was one of those folks who was n- not truly familiar. And my coach, Teresa, I drove in my victim ambulance my zoom victim ambulance to get some coaching to get me ready and light years away from where i was last year but it was something that i had to become familiar with and then take it to greater levels how could i utilize this and to create a really so that i felt like i was in the room with you right uh, summer you're you're so what organization on the video we showed saw you working with the students how are you working with them now? Is, is it primarily virtually in Zoom?
2: Yeah, it's still it's still virtually. So I've had an, um, a lot of speaking engagements at colleges. So it's been essentially the same um, in terms of me having my audiences. One thing that I do is I just ask, and of course they don't always, but I, I really, really ask that they turn the cameras on. Um, I do, I never present in webinar. I want to see the people <laughs> um, and I ask that they are, are there. And so I, I provide incentives, um, have some games and some other little things that I incorporate into my presentation to, to encourage them to be on camera. And that helps me because I'm just like you. Teresa. you said you like to touch the people. I like to touch the people too. <laughs> and not inappropriately, but I like to hug and I, I, I have that in my presentation throughout for them to kind of touch each other too. Um, um, just because we need connection. I think 2020 really, really reinforced that need for that connection. And so I try to incorporate as much of that into the presentations as I possibly can. It's, we even do some of this. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're trying to touch and agree however we can, but yeah, that, it's it's been fun and I've been able to, um, I'm glad I've been able to learn and to pivot and at least make people feel like we're still kind of together.
0: We're still connected. I think it was Bill Gates who once said, content is king. Mm. Well, I believe now content is free because if people want something, their fingers can do the walking and go to the internet. What are you guys doing now to enhance the quality of the content that people can get on their own by just going to the internet and doing their own research? Why are they coming to you? What are you doing that makes them say, I want Teresa, I want Toy, I want Summer. What are you doing from a virtual perspective to create that energy in that space? Teresa?
4: I'm thinking right off the bat is um, stories. And one of the beautiful thing about not being young, I'm not old, (laughs) but I'm not young. And the beautiful thing about that is I've experienced so much. Um, So there can be uh, a dialogue and I can share stories. I can say, Tell me what's your pain point. Mm. And I'll share, hey, I remember a time when I worked with this organization and here's some things they did and lessons that they learned. Um, You're not gonna get that from a cookie cutter Google search, you know? And I think that's really the value that that I bring to both speaking and to training.
0: That's good, that's good. Toy, how about you? Your superpower and what you do to distinguish yourself from others who attempt to do what you do?
3: Um, the first thing that came to my mind, I love what you said Teresa as well. I think that it, it's the power of staying one step, of head, one step ahead and understand about the trends or fads in any category. It's about being relevant and you really have to be able to shift or pivot or whatever word you want to use To to be really relevant to what's happening now. And so, one of the things that I do that is because, as a personal brand strategist that's focusing so much on the icon or the image perspective of personal branding, I really, really leaned into the old things that people were saying about image. Let's say that it's about confidence and first impression. Those days are over. Okay. Let's just, those days are over. It's about, not the first impression, but the right impression. Mm. It's not about your confidence because none of us are 100% confident all the time. It's about the right impression and it's about being intentional with that impression. And that's not really something
0: you can learn. This is good. How about you, Summer?
2: What I'd add to it is similar to what Teresa said um, in the stories, but it's about you, your unique perspective on what the topic is. So, yeah, you can Google anything that you want to find. But my story is my story and what I know and how I teach it is based on what I've experienced similar to what Teresa said and I'll, and like Teresa, I'm lucky to not be young um, in that sense too that I'm not old either Teresa <laughs> I, I know
4: you're not I know you're not someone
2: <laughs> but I've had but I've had you know at least, a couple of decades over the audiences that i'm speaking to typically and a a rich couple of decades that provide a unique perspective that i'm able to share on whatever the situation is Um, and that's what makes i feel like me stand out over other people that they may be looking to bring in is my perspective my stories
0: that's awesome i'm going to want to get into your stories because each one of you have a unique one that helps elevate your Super powder, but before we do that, I know Shannon's dying to get in here to bring the chat room in and to bring her own questions or perspective.
1: Just a few comments, Um, you know, in this virtual world, folks are already feeling that they feed off the energy um, that the presenter is giving. Um, We have a comment here that agrees that human touch is so important. Uh, Agreement that, you know, your story is unique and it's a key to, to do you, do it well and do it consistently. Uh, but we do have a question that says, you know, can you speak? <clears throat> Anyone can take this or you, you, each of you can share, but can you comment on the use of maybe virtual backgrounds, um, lighting, uh, the microphone, and also what pitfalls do folks make in this virtual arena?
2: Mm. I'll, I'll speak because some things immediately come to my mind. Um, One thing that I'll say, um, so everybody, I think virtual backgrounds, that's to each his own, to me on that. Um, To each his own. I use them sometimes, sometimes I don't. I usually don't prefer them for me, but um, it just depends on your own situation. The only thing I say about that is if you do it, just make sure it's, it's good. And usually that requires a green screen so that you're not missing body parts, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, that'll be
2: my perspective on that. I think the sound and lighting are, are crucially important. Um, and usually um, I have a little more lighting when I'm doing a full-out presentation. I put it in more production mode. But um, that's very important because you want them to see you. Anything that can distract them from seeing you, same thing with sound. If they can't hear you well, if they can't see you well, then it doesn't matter what you're saying because they're not going to receive it. Um, and as far as pitfalls, one thing that um, that I've seen and that I experienced and I try to be really careful about is trying to get too fancy because it's a lot of stuff that you can do virtually, <laughs> but it can detract from the content and what you're actually trying to get the person to learn because you're just trying to show off that you can do all this techie stuff. Um, and so I think that's a pitfall to avoid.
0: Teresa, right. how about you?
4: I think that the key to online training is pretty much the key to stand up uh, in-person training is you have to keep them engaged. You have to keep it moving. Um, And I would say you have to keep it moving even more vigorously on an online setting. So you know, ask questions, make use of the chat room, uh, use some polls, but just keep it moving. And and as far as a pitfall, and this is the same as in-person training. Nothing is worse than when they pull up that PowerPoint and they just go through the slides on PowerPoint. You, I just wanna gouge an eye out, no. So if you have PowerPoint, it's a beautiful audio visual, absolutely pop it up, but then take it down and let's all see each other and talk about it for a while and then pop the PowerPoint back up. So that's, that's one that I am seeing over and over again is this PowerPoint on the screen and everybody off to the side.
0: One one tip you gave me, I remember years ago, you had me do an activity where you had the participants write down, make a list in 30 seconds, make a list of their favorite in-person presentation skills. Yes. You do in the classroom, make a list. People came up with 30, 40 things in a short period of time. And then you said, go back and put a check next to the ones, next to the examples that you can do virtually. Over ninety percent of yes. what they did in person, they can do it virtually. They just, they just they just weren't thinking that way. Right. They put on their virtual mindset, not their engagement mindset. Yeah. Well, you had so, any thoughts about that?
3: Yeah, I think that I think that's a, a really good point because I think it works the same visually. And as they were asking a question about some of the. Falls when you're doing, um, you know, virtual is the biggest pitfall that I've found is a background. Um, as my husband was looking for a job, one of the headhunters reached out to him and started to share with him some of the things that they've found um, in people's backgrounds. One person had a bunch of clothing piled high on a bed. One person, <laughs> you know, um, you know, just it was so distracting and taking away. You know from their interview and so I think that you know it goes back to the thing that we learned in like college or grade school right or high school right Like the, the kiss keep it simple stupid just keep it simple keep it clean I'm not a big fan of the virtual backgrounds like Summer said unless you have a green screen and you can do it um, I love the way you phrase it Summer but without losing body parts because that becomes so distracting and so and I love the way that you guys are doing it on this show because it's very clean it's very professional and so I just say when all else fails fails just make sure that you keep it clean
0: right Shannon anything else in the chat room
1: just saying that uh you know it's uh let's see um just yeah make them active can keep your audience engaged folks are in agreement with uh what you're saying so I think ladies what I'm hearing you say is Wear pants. No, I'm sorry. Wait.
4: <laughs> it's pants optional, Shannon. It's pants it optional.
1: optional. Okay, no one needs I, just to a, know. I just want to make sure. I know Toy is the, the uh, image expert here. So, uh, Toy. I the have pants on, on yes.
0: <laughs> yes, I am
1: wearing pants, Shannon. Yes,
3: I am.
0: <laughs> I'm going to thank you, Shannon. I'm going to keep it with Toy. Uh, what does it mean to be a well-dressed brand? And, so the, and what are some what are some of the factors you are now doing virtually to drive home being a well dressed brand?
3: So the well dressed brand is about alignment, right? So it's taking your person, your core values, your mission. Now we're adding your products and your services all into alignment and making it a well dressed, meaning well executed, well um preserve very powerful brand whether it's virtually or live so that's what the well-dressed brand encompasses and 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 I love what um Teresa and even Summer were sharing because so much of that I kept hearing was going back to the well-dressed brand talking about you know um being engaged telling stories like your personality what's your vision where are you going what does that all look like your core values what do you believe all of that um, it fits so beautifully into this conversation. So thank you for asking that question.
0: Well, so you turned me on to a book. It's called, How the World Sees You. I, I believe it has to do, by Sally Hopshead. Yes. And I believe it has to do with something called fascinate. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, so the Fascinate Advantage is what you're talking about, and I am, um, there's only, there's under 200 of us in the world, so I am one of the um, elite Fascinate Advantage coaches, and it really is an assessment test like Myers-Briggs and things like that, you may have all have taken them, but those tests tell you how you see the world, right, and it makes me think of summer, so what? um what if you can lean into something that shows you how the world sees you so that you can take advantage of all the things that you're already doing right and so that's what it is so it gives you a 16-page report um and that is the foundation of what i use to create personal brands for my clients um along with my style test but i would say you get the 16-page report and it's giving you all the language that you need to say, hey, here's who I am. This is how the world's seeing me already and giving you a really exceptional opportunity to really really that out of the park is not one of your strengths. If you don't have the words to put on LinkedIn, the words to put on your resume, the words to be able to promote that product or that online service, that the well-dressed, I mean, the um, Fascination Advantage does give you those things. And the book is by Sally Hogshead, who is the founder of How the World Sees You.
0: Well, I thank you for sharing it with me. I have been using it, so I appreciate that. Teresa, you started virtually. though well, this has been par for the course for you. Can you tell us why, as well as some of the clients you've worked with, and maybe some of your ups and downs along the way?
4: Yeah, so I was really blessed uh, to work for Prudential Financial, and when you work for a really big company like that, they tend to get the toys before everybody else does, you know, and, and we had... Um, It was a IBM live board. We're going back to early nineties here and we could connect through the phone line and share our PowerPoint with other offices. So there I was in Dresher, PA sharing with Minneapolis, sharing with Jacksonville, sharing with North Jersey and thinking that was the coolest thing since sliced bread. We're all looking at the same PowerPoint and we can all hear each other. So it, it all started there. Uh, then I wanted to do a, a career program and it was a 12 week career program, two hours each week. And we used a product called any meeting, which is still out there. And we did uh, every week, we had a group together and we were able to do it just like in the classroom. You know, we could do breakout groups, we could show video and uh, yeah, so I've been using it a long time, but I will say now because of the demand, it is getting exponentially better, exponentially better. I mean, Zoom, Teams, they're competing to be the best product. So we're very lucky to have
0: good tools. Thank you, thank you. Summer, 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 summertime. Your story is compelling, incredibly compelling. And I've seen you share it in person, uh, creating tissue issues for everybody in the room. Can you share a little bit about your story and how you are now able to share that story virtually and still have the same impact that you've had in person?
2: Yeah, um, so yeah, we can start with So What? And this is how So What was actually born and how I have the So What mindset and how I'm able to teach other people to have a So What mindset. It goes back to my 15th birthday um, when I I actually was raped by a friend of the family and I got pregnant as a result of that. Um, Had my son, had my son at at 15 years old, but I I decided, I decided power of decision that I was still gonna be successful and I was not going to succumb to the statistics that teen moms face. Graduated from high school, number eight in my class, and I was voted most likely to succeed because my peers saw me working hard. Got a full scholarship to the University of Memphis, where I came and uh, did well, graduated Madden Cum Laude. I uh, was Miss University of Memphis, and I started my career with the Memphis Grizzlies NBA basketball team in their first season here in Memphis. And I've had a great career since then. I went on to work at Service Master and then FedEx, where... Kind of like what Teresa said, I felt like I was really privileged because I got access to to Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, uh, Yelp, all of those. Because everybody was coming to FedEx (laughs) uh, for advertising and I worked in advertising. So I got to learn a whole lot um, up until I left. I actually wrote a book about my life and I published it 10 years ago this year. Um, because people always ask me, Summer, how did you do it? How did you do it? Because they would see me you know, as a leader on campus and in my career and see this little kid with me (laughs) Uh, because I was a single mom too. And um, I said, I don't know. I don't have time to talk about it or think about it. All I have time to do is do it. But by the time I got to FedEx, I had earned my MBA. I was just working a job and being a single mom. Um, And I had time to finally sit down and write that book. And that book changed my life. Because people, I thought I was going to just write it and help a few people. But um, a lot of people started reading it and saying, Summer, this isn't just for teen moms. This is for anybody who has an excuse not to be successful. And um, and that's when I say it was God gave me so what? In my bed, I woke up and he said, your business is so what? You will teach people to say so what? Life can be really messed up. Life can be so unfair, so unfair. Or you might just make some horrible decisions but you have to say, so what, and go immediately to the solution. So now what, how do you get past that thing? And, and that's my story. And, and I'm really blessed. I've been speaking now full time for seven years. And, um, and it's been an incredible journey. I've met awesome people like you, simply because I've chosen this path. And, um, and I'm just grateful because I decided to leave a good job, FedEx, which was a great job, actually. Um, I decided to leave because I could see how I could change people's lives. I could really impact pe- in the lives of people who were hurting and needed some support, some direction. And here I am today and I'm, I'm extremely grateful.
0: And you've still been able to share that story with your so what uh, clients and customers virtually. Have,
2: absolutely. And I have, it's not just me sharing the story because initially when I started, it was just me sharing the story, but now it's so much deeper than me sharing the story. It's me. I do pr- primarily resilience and leadership, um, um, speaking and trainings. Um, and so I, you know, I share my story as part of it. Like what, you know, Teresa was saying it's a story within the lesson within the teaching. Um, so it's less and less and less and less and less about me. It's just, I share my story to show you, I know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) That's good, thanks. Shannon, Shannon, so what? So what's happening in the chat room?
2: So what? I'm trying to hold back tears over here.
1: That's so what? That's what's happening back here. <laughs> Folks in the chat room are agreeing, saying, you know, a good for you powerful decision, Summer. You know, thanks for sharing your amazing testimony, a gift to many. Sometimes we can feel the universe energy coming through people. Feeling that with you. You're awesome. Uh, what a testimony. And you know, it it brings me to I think what holds a lot of people back is fear. And in regards to being in a virtual platform or public speaking by itself. I don't know if, if, if and you guys are speakers so you know that that people's second fear aside from death is public speaking and now folks are charged with not only speaking. Okay, now you have to look at yourself and other people. So what do we say to those who have a fear of speaking in public and to others, especially in this virtual platform.
0: That's a good question. Teresa, you're smiling. You're smiling.
1: Oh my gosh. You know what?
4: It's all about what's going on in your head. So fear of public speaking. So I will, I will share with you. I was terrified of public speaking. Um, smart kid. I remember in advanced biology, we had to memorize all the bones of the body. Well, I can tell you, I memorized the bones. And I had to get up in front of the class and point them out. And I hyperventilated. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it because of what was going on in my head. So then I get into the working world. I'm an instructional designer. So I design training to give to the people who did stand up facilitation. Cause I didn't want to get up there and give it. I'm like, good luck with this, enjoy. And then I was made to do it. I was made to do it. You have to do it. And what I realized is public speaking is not about me. Mm. It's not about me. It's about the audience. I just happen to be a vessel through which this is coming. I am here to share expertise and share tools and hopefully leave people feeling uplifted and better off for it. So once it wasn't about me, I started to love speaking. But to to me, it's shifting the mindset, getting out of your own head, whether it be virtual speaking or in person, it's not about you. And it's, it's a
0: gift it's you give Attacking that camera, yeah. Where you're, you're not apprehensive. You're not. I can't do it this way. Yet you're attacking the camera. You're pouring yourself in. You're getting real close to the folks who are listening to you. Yeah. yeah. And, and they they
1: heard it here. The listeners and the viewers heard it here. That even if you were shy and afraid, there is hope.
2: I love that, Teresa. That oh, yeah. Okay, so I have a nice transition because it's exactly what I was about to say. I was extremely shy even when I was a manager in um, in my different positions, I never wanted to talk. I never wanted to present. I was always shy. But then I wrote my book, and people started asking me to speak. And I'm like, well, I want to sell this book. <laughs> Let me get out here and do it. But what ended up happening was, after, I, every, after every time I would speak, people would line up to talk to me afterwards. So I would be nervous, and I would be shy. But my courage came to when, when people were starting to say that was good. I really appreciate that and started sharing their stories. And so I became even more passionate, kind of what Teresa was saying about, no, it's not about me. I have something I need to get out of me so that they can receive it and they can be helped. Um, I'm also an adjunct professor at the University of Memphis. And knowing that I make my students stand up and speak every class. It might be, what did you do today? Or what did you eat today? You, they have to stand up and come to the front of the class and say maybe one sentence. But I make them get comfortable with just, just speaking and standing in front of people speaking. And I always make the point, and this has always helped me when I, especially when I was really, really shy at first, is what do you, how do you feel when somebody is standing before you and they sound nervous? You feel like they don't know what they're talking about you don't just feel like they're nervous you feel like they don't know what they're talking about and so that has always helped me and maybe it'll help some of the people watching to think about get your nerves in check because you know what you're talking about you know what you're talking about and the last thing you want to come off as is uneducated or you don't know what you're talking about and you're standing up there in front of these people
0: that's good that's good thank you shannon summer can you uh Tell us the name of the book so we can put it in the chat room so people can go and buy it. We love promoting books of our guests.
2: sure. Probably the easiest thing is is my website, which is summerowlands.com. The book is Life After Birth, a memoir of survival and success as a teenage mother. I've been blessed because I've written now eight books since then, workbooks. Um, And I have a curriculum literacy life skills and character education curriculum that's in school systems all over the country. Um, And it's getting students reading and writing and thinking about the decisions that they make in life. Um, So it's, I'm just, I'm blessed because it has turned into something um, much bigger, much bigger than me and much bigger than anything I ever thought it would be.
0: What we go through is not for us. Mm -hmm. Some of you talked about asking your students to stand, come to the front of the room. I do that virtually. When I'm presenting now, I always stand, because I stand when I was in person, in front of you I'm standing, so I stand now when I present, and when I'm doing activities during my sessions, like the boot camp, which is coming up real soon, people will be standing up during the course of those three days when it's time for them to make a presentation. So I want it to seem as though they were in the room with me. Toy, question for you, and it's about virtual. Has there been a shift or change in image and how we should show up and how we should look to reinforce our brand during this virtual time?
3: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes, I would definitely say so. I think that, um, you know, there's things that work in person that wouldn't necessarily work on camera, you know, and so again, that was an easy pivot because I'm coming from television. So I think that understanding um, outside of your background, which we talked about, but also understanding that the psychology has power—you know—that you really want to dress the way that you want to be addressed, and so Ooh. you want to be
0: mindful. Go back, go back, go right? back. Go back, go back. <laughs> that hashtag. Say it again. Yeah.
3: Dress the way you want to be addressed. Mm. Right. So right. you want to consider who you are. Are you the leader in that corporation? Are you just? attending the Zoom call, are you giving, you know, a webinar or some sort of a class? So if you're in a leadership role, then you're carrying a lot more weight, um, you know, in the realm of your personal brand than than maybe the attendees, right? And so you wanna make sure that you're not wearing patterns that are gonna be distracting. You don't wanna do anything that's going to be distracting, um, you know, like some are saying too, from what you're talking about, right? And so you wanna make sure that you are like on camera, jewel tones are gonna work the best. Um, pastels look great too. You want to make sure that you're not wearing patterns that are too busy. If you're surrounding yourself with a lot of light and HD white make sure that it's more ivory because it tends to get really hot on camera I think the biggest thing that people um, forget is that we all outside of loving to hug we like to smile so bleach your teeth you know (laughs) make sure that they're white (laughs) you know make sure that you're giving people something to um to lean into and you know I was watching something with Gary Vanderchuck yesterday and he was talking about how personal branding is on the rise and so um you know, I think that that's very important. That every, Just like you get new headshots every three years, you make sure your hair is updated every three years. Um, make sure that if you haven't really taken the time to examine what your personal brand is, that you do that because it's gonna come across when you're presenting virtually for sure.
0: That's hot, that's hot. Toy, where could people find out more information about you and how to learn more about what you do and perhaps even get you as a coach?
3: Um, go to
0: tweenie.com every there. All of it, yeah. This question question is for all of you, but I want Teresa to, to start it. And we've addressed it a little bit, but take us through what goes through your mind when you're about to log on, get set up and start your program. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Is it the same you felt when you were in person or there's a different... Level of readiness, preparedness, or a mindset that you go through before you go on.
4: Yeah, I I, I do this before comedy. I do it before stand-up facilitation. I do it before uh, a Zoom session. Um, the first thing I do is I take four deep breaths, and I mean four deep cleansing breaths. The kind of breath like you feel it in your belly, deep in. And what's nice is like your shoulders drop. You your your heart is in a more coherent state. Like, we don't realize, we don't breathe. We just don't. I mean, it's very shallow breathing most of the time. So that gets you off on a good start. The other thing that's in my head is, I can't wait to do this. Yeah. Like I just, I, I can't wait. Let's go, there's good stuff here. This, I, I don't know what this is gonna bring, but it's gonna be good. So I think the, the good chemicals of wanting to do a good job and have fun and then that oxygen a great way to start
0: that's good that's good someone how about you before you say so what before you go at it what are you doing what are you thinking how are you doing
2: Teresa I I learned the importance of breathing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it calms me down because that I do have that nervous I'm still a little shy and still a little anxious before I go on the stage once I start talking, I'm usually all right, but um, but I, I have to calm down so that um, I can get started. So I do that through the deep breaths and I also pray. And I pray because I want to make sh- I want to one, make sure my nerves are calm. So again, I deliver as confidently as I know I am and what I know. Um, but then also I wanna pray that the right words come out. Mm. So I say exactly what needs to be said to those people who are listening. So it may not be my script that I've been saying to the other audiences, it mm-hmm. may be something different. So I say that prayer and that calms me down. And but even prior to that, I do all the tech checks. So it's it's different virtually than it is in person, but all of that happens first, and then I work on me. <laughs> that's how so I do
0: it. More of thee and less of me. I love it. I love it. Toy, how about you? Any mental, emotional, how you get ready before you go?
3: I love, I love so much of what the ladies have shared and I can just, this is my high five, you know, to both of you because, um, I'm going to have practice. I'm going to take, I can probably do a better job of that, but I start so early. So like right now, because I'm working on my second book, my writing schedule is 4am to 6am. So I get up, do that. I get my son and my husband out the door and then I can start my morning. And so I, I, fundamentally believe that success has to start as we talked about from the inside out right and as teresa was talking about if you when you're present when you're presenting you know and you are so full of ego then you're not full of service and so Mm -hmm. i right like wayne dr dyer wayne dyer said when you are full of ego you're like etching god out and so i never want to be that so i just like summer i do get up i do my mode i do my um my, oh my gosh, I said motivation, my devotion, (laughs) I'm certainly praying, um, just to get my mind right, right, because how we do anything is how we do everything, so I make my bed, I do all of that self, and I set my mind up for success, and... Then I get all things that everyone is uh, making sure that my lighting and my tech is good. But I also remind myself of who I am and more importantly, of who God says I am. So I look at all of my, how you fascinate tests. There's a section on there that talks about, it's really short. It's like five words. How does the world seize you? You know, on that t- assessment test, I'm the, I'm the connoisseur. So that means that I can look at a row of anything and pick out that one right thing. So I remind myself of who I am. And, I, and it says, I'm warm-hearted, I'm ambitious, I'm an expert, I remind myself that that's who I am and I'm going into this. And then just like Teresa said, I'm, I'm, I'm psyching myself out. I'm like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> let's you were born in. for this, you were born for this, you were born for this, you know? Man. And that's really it.
0: Let's get it in. Shannon, she dropped that nugget and kept going that the uh, yeah. ego etching got out. I caught that, did you catch that?
1: I did. And you know, I love, I love the the I, I had written in my notes before we even started today, pivot in a prayer. I love that, you know, it's all part of that. And I love this self-talk and the reminder, but I want to go back for a minute because these wonderful women, they have poured their lives and their work and really their ministry into helping others. So I'm going to have to ask the question, ladies, who poured into you first that you could give of your cup?
0: Mm. 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 <laughs> oh, Somewhere smiling. Teresa's about to talk. Yeah. She's yeah like, you know. mm. I'm I because
1: I feel
4: I'm gonna share a couple. Um, my mom was a rock star, and last time I was on with Jim, we, we uh spent a little time talking about my mom. She married at 13, um, crazy life, just crazy life, but full of love. So I try to embody her compassion, uh her love for people. Um, forgiveness. Um, the second person, Jim Smith. Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> I've, I, this is no kidding. So he invited me to his boot camp years ago, years ago. Invited me to his boot camp. I, I didn't know Jim real well, but we were getting to know each other. He said, you should just come to my boot camp. And I'm thinking, well, I've been training for several years, so I'll honor him <laughs> by going to his boot camp because, you know, oh my God, I took like nine pages of notes with, oh my gosh, Jim, I have learned so much from you. So just putting that out there, man. So thank thank you. you.
0: Thank you, love you, thank you, thank you. you. Summer, how about you, Toy, how about you? Well,
2: so one thing I'm excited about is that I wrote my book and so I was able to honor some of the people in the book who have poured into me in that way. So I would start with my mom, who I call my quiet cheerleader. She no. was not the one that, you know, I was a teen mom. She was not the one. You can do it. You can make it. You can go to school. You can. No, that wasn't her. She was just quiet. And she took me to the doc- my doctor's appointment. She babysat my son occasionally. But then also my grandmother, who is who I I lived with her after I gave birth to my son. She's 99 years old on, in March. Next month, she'll be 99. Nice. I have another one who's 96 in April. So both of them are are my heroes um, and really helped me. But also the University of Memphis. So when I came to the University of Memphis, I moved away, I was a teen mom and I moved away from my family and um, I got involved. I came on a leadership scholarship and it was a requirement for me to get involved in different organizations. And the one of the directors, Student Activities Council um, embraced me. She even, so again, I'm a young mom. She even babysat my son. She made her secretary watch him when I had classes um, because he was too young to go to the on-campus daycare. She helped me um, in terms of babysitting. And even at night, she said, Summer, go home and study. I want him to spend the night with me. and, and that changed my life, you know. And that was when I was a freshman in college. Now I'm the president of the National Alumni Association for the University of Memphis. And I've done a lot of other things for the University of Memphis. So it's one of those full circle moments. And I know, you know, a lot of that came from me getting that love and support early on. Um, so I had a few people in my life who were you know, important to me. Like I said, there are many others and I'm glad I was able to honor them in my book.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you, Summer. Thank you. Toy?
3: Oh my gosh, I love everything. I feel like Shannon, I'm just taking it all in and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm on the panel too. <laughs> what I love about this so the, the, the panel today, um, Dr. James, is like all of us, we just, we love you so much and there's like not enough um, words um, that can go around with all of the shrimp and steaks that we owe you. <laughs> I, I'm so different from this panel, I love that because I was, as you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a great student in school, you know, I think that I was, I had ADHD, I was never di- diagnosed with it, I had a learning difference, all of these things, and I, so I was very much unlike this, but I was not shy, you know, I've always been a chatty Kathy and so I would say that, you know, for all of the teachers and the helpers and the and people that have come alongside me, that all are involved in becoming toy. There are two that really stick out and not for the reasons that are traditional. (laughs) And I would say my mom, because, you know, she, when she passed away three years ago, I was really thinking about what she left me. As I looked at some of my other friends and they would say things like, these are my grandmother's pearls and this is my mom's diamond. And, you know, and she had those things, but those are not the things that she left me. You know, she left me no financial gain. She left me nothing but she left me the most important thing and she the power of no she said no to everything I paid for column, you know every every, everything no 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 can I go to the dance no can you get me a dress for the dance no she taught me how to be resourceful and so in that I learned and it, I, I remember being just dropping to my knees one day when it, when this hit me of this greatest, most beautiful gift that she gave me was the power of no, because I had no choice but, but to figure it out. And so that is my greatest superpower is that I am so resourceful and it is because of her. And when she left this world, you know, she left as my best friend. And the second person I would say um, is her name. Her name is Dr. Alicia Ross. So we lost our first child named Miles. He would have been 13. He would have been turning 13 this year. And I had a uterine eruption. And so he obviously passed away inside of me. I was in the the hospital for eight days, a uterus uh, infection, um, pneumonia, two blood transfusions. There's no reason Uh, this woman, this doctor saved my life. So my current book, Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand in the dedication is dedicated to her because I have a reason to live. And so I can't be drawn into mediocrity because I have too much to live for. I have my assignment from the Lord. So I got to be about my father's business every day.
0: Every day. And every so, day, every, every day, day, day. Every day. <laughs> every day. So every day.
3: those are probably the two that um, are just the continuous furnace that burned in me.
0: Thank you. And thank you, Shannon. I have a a question I don't want all three of you to answer because it will be here for a long time. But I I believe as a, a speaker, we should tell as many gory stories as we do glory stories. We bounce back. We're the ones who are speaking now, so we've recovered. I want one of you, if a story comes to mind, can you briefly share with us, and we're talking virtual, a virtual story, something that happened to you where you fell down, you got back up and what you learned from that virtual speaking or training or consulting experience? You fell down, it hurt, you got back up. What did you learn? Who has a virtual nightmare? who has, I see Teresa smiling. I don't don't
4: even want to relive it, Jim. I don't want to relive it. Oh my God, I'm pretty adept with this tool. But even if you're adept with this tool, like stuff happens. Uh, We had a women's conference and we had, I want to say close to 300 people on this Zoom. And they were um, honoring this nonprofit and uh, they had won an award and they had a little video clip and I could not get that video clip to show. And not only could I got not get it to show, but for whatever reason, I couldn't figure out how to get back to where I was. And there's 300 people. And I'm like, sweet mother of God. See, that's when I go into my Catholicism, holy Mary. So finally I'm like, all right, here's the thing guys. I'm gonna log out and log back in. And I did, still couldn't get the video. But what I did is I said, you know what? We're gonna roll with this. And if we can get the video to show at the end, we'll do it. And just went on as if like, hey, this is how life is. But I'll tell you in that moment, it shaved years off my life, years. And to this day, I'm like, I'm gonna show any more videos, no more videos, (laughs) which is not, you can do it.
0: Clearly. What did you you learn? What did you learn from the experience? What
4: did I learn Um, that if you, show the audience that you're okay with the mistake that they'll roll with it too. That's good. Like I, like I didn't be like, I can't believe we can't get the video. I was just like, you know what? We're not getting this video to play. So we're gonna move on. Cause we got a great program and we'll see if we can get that to play later. Like that to me was the lesson is just show them that you're cool and and roll.
0: And roll. Speaking of rolling, I'm gonna take a risk right now cause I live a life of walking with a tight rope with no net. We usually conclude the show with the guests, the one guest, sharing a mini keynote, because we're all speakers, M-I-N-I. We got three guests today, and I see the times. I'm going to ask you, encourage you, beg you (laughs) to stay within the time frame, 20 seconds, a mini keynote on what we need to do to be a better Virtual presenter, better professional, or staying your brand, whether it's branding, com- comedian, working with children, give us some encouragement for 2021 as a virtual mini keynote speaker right now. I'm gonna start with Summer. 20 well, seconds.
2: Look, I'm like, uh <laughs> 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 um, I know, it's not a keynote, it's just me talking, but uh <laughs> I would think that the most important thing for all of us to do right now, and I think this has been the the key to surviving 2020 period, mainly two things is one to stay flexible, to stay flexible um, because things will change and things will mess up and things will happen. Be flexible and, and forgiving with yourself and the people around you, the people that you encounter. And then number two is don't be afraid to learn Mm. Don't be afraid to learn because that's the thing. So I'm even thinking about my granddaughter. So she had to become an expert on Teams. They use Microsoft Teams for school. And so even with me, I'm very comfortable with Zoom, but I'd never used Microsoft Teams before. So I had her and I'm trying to do school with her. And I'm like, I can see how people who are not used to any type of virtual um, learning could get really, really frustrated with it because I was getting frustrated. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But I'm like, okay, let me be patient, flexible with with me, myself, with her, with her teacher. And let me learn this. Let me learn this well enough to, to actually make it happen. And I think a lot of people are probably a little bit afraid and even even in Teresa's example, she was like, "I'm not doing video anymore. <laughs> we've been burned or we've been hurt," it's, you know, just like other situations in our lives where we're like, "Okay, I'm not going to touch that again." But I think let's just all be flexible, all be patient, give yourself some grace, and, and 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 let yourself learn.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. T, what you got for me? Time's running out. What you got for me?
2: I would just say, uh, have fun with it.
0: Mm. Um,
4: but to me, that is the the secret sauce to any of this work that we do. If you're having fun, they'll have fun. So have fun with it. They'll feel your energy and you'll feel better.
0: I love it. I love it. Toy, how about you? And Shannon, come join us. Toy, how about you?
4: I
3: would say that remember that you have the power to create the life that you want. It is not up to them because if it was up to them, then they would be doing it. You know, They're not in the ring with you <clears throat> taking those hits every day. So you, what you broadcast is what's going to get received. Remember the dress the way you want to be addressed and that everything that you need, you already have.
0: Bam, Shannon, we did it again. We did it again. Boom, boom. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. You've just been gym